The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. everyone and welcome to episode 88 of the pokemon snapshot how are you doing today josh 88 we are 12 away from 100 that's insanity we're that we're that we're the age that my grandmother was when she passed away 88 weeks (laughs) 88 years ah yeah yeah i you know we started this uh september we will be celebrating our three-year anniversary of starting this show insanity we you know it was back in 2020 when tyler and i started this and you know people were learning new skills and so my new skill to teach myself was how to make a podcast i feel like you've succeeded in that skill i well thank you i i'm i'm proud of you how tell us how many listens we had like when you checked it the other day we had over twenty one thousand total listens that's you, Jeff. I think that's a successful pot learn you successfully learned how to do a podcast that is huge i mean there they're only ones that listen a minute more, but we we get a good amount of listenership. Uh, when Tyler and I first started, I think we hit 20 listens in our first episode, and that was a success for us. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you have not listened to those first episodes, I'm going to be honest, I don't recommend going back to them. <laughs> Maybe in like 10 years, we'll have to make the remake or the remaster. We're going to reboot the podcast. <laughs> reboot the podcast when we re- <laughs> uh, We'll remaster it and... Yeah. Josh and I maybe one time will want to go back and maybe we're gonna, we'll... get, re- we're gonna get replaced by way prettier and way better sounding hosts. A to- it's a total reboot, Jeff. They <laughs> don't, to- they're not doing the remaster; they're doing a total reboot. Hey, but they always bring in the old people, so we'll we'll, we'll <laughs> for, make for cameos. The, for, we'll get we'll get brought back for the nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> old man yells at cloud. <laughs> So, what have you been up to? Um, I don't have it's it's just been, you know, it's been a, a long week. I did row 2000 meters in about 7 minutes um the other day on Friday, so that was pretty cool. That's cool. Like I actual mean, I, row or on a rowing like a, machine? Like like on a row like on a rowing machine. So no water involved. I mean, there was water in the tank that I had to pull on, but no, it was just at the Orange Theory I go to. But one of the probably the funniest thing that happened this week, I was not a part of, just one of my other teacher friends told me this. So one of my teacher friends at my school is in charge of Science Olympiad and uh they had a tournament tournament yesterday. We're recording on Sunday, so this was yesterday on Saturday. Um and one of the event things was kind of like trivia. They would give each team uh they were teams of two students. Uh, they would give um, a category, and each team had to list as many things within that category as they could. Uh, and so the two kids from my school that were on that team, uh, or that were doing the uh, uh, competition, <laughs> they they got the category deserts, <laughs> but but they read it as desserts, <laughs> and they started. <laughs> <laughs> they started writing down a whole bunch of like cakes and pies and stuff. <laughs> and I thought that was hysterical. I was like crying laughing, especially knowing the kids. I'm like, these are exactly the kids that would write that would know like tons and tons of cakes and pies and 
stuff, but would not know any deserts at all. So were were they in competition with other schools at this time? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, it was the real. It was the real thing. <laughs> I'm gonna I guess they did not go on to the next round. They did not go on to the next round. But hopefully, hopefully they got some dessert. Um. After the competition, but you you know how you remember the difference between desert and dessert, right? Dessert has one, or I'm sorry, desert has one S, and dessert has two S's because you want more of it. Oh, uh, I mean, I never thought that way. I just always knew how to spell it. No, well, yeah, you just yeah, you're just not an idiot. I'm just not to, an idiot. Yeah, I had I had to have ways to remember it, but I that that had me in tears when my friend was telling me. But I will say, I can probably name more desserts than I can deserts. Oh, I most definitely can name more desserts than I can deserts. I wonder the if Gobi, any... Gobi. The Sahara. Kalahari. Mojave, is that? Mojave, yeah. Mojave. Antarctica. Antarctica is a desert. So we got five. I mean, I, I could name... <laughs> I can name five pies <laughs> just just in one category of dessert. So Yeah, so we are we are definitely you know, we, we are definitely on those kids' wavelength, not the oh, desert. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I'm not saying that I'm not saying they did anything wrong. I'm just saying it was really, really funny. <laughs> That's that is hilarious. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure it did the I'm sure the audience got a good laugh out of that. I didn't hear the audience reaction, but uh, I just I'm am gonna I'm most definitely gonna make fun because they're both my kids that did it. They're both my students, so I'm gonna make so much fun of them tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Well, so what about you? What my you my week, to? like yours, hasn't really been that eventful, but I do kind of have a funny story as well. It's well, I don't know. I told it before. It's funny and sad. Um. So. I, I listen to books on tapes, and I think I mentioned last week I've been listening to the book The Ultimate History of Video Games, Volume 2. Uh-huh. Like, these books are in-depth. If you get the books, they're like 600 pages. They have tons of quote from industry professionals. Like, the guy does a great job, which um, he... I mean, his the Volume 1 came out in 2001, and then Volume 2 came out in 2020. So yeah. he he's really doing... But I think... From how it looks like he stopped, he might be doing them quicker because it stops at the end of the PS3, Xbox 360 era. Mm, So maybe he might be making them come out sooner because there's already a decade of news coming out. Right. Uh, But the chapter I was listening to was talking about when the Xbox 360, the Wii, and the PS3 all came out. And it was really the first time that scalpers became a big thing in the video game industry. Right. Um, Because scalper, you know, internet... Internet's been around, but, you know, people really weren't getting things to sell on the Internet. Right. You know, and try to make money off of, like, new things. So he was talking about how, you know, there was a Best Buy, and I don't remember where it was, and he named this guy, and he was first in line, waited in line, like, two days. Well, you know, such a big thing that people came up and were asking for money. And the thing is, uh, this store would only let you buy one PS3. So he brought a bunch of cash because he had his two buddies with him and they were going to buy three of them, but he needed to give them cash. It wasn't like now you can just Venmo them the money. Right. Uh, so they were going to buy three PS3s and this person came up, started robbing people online, asking people to give them their all the money in their pockets. And this guy was refusing to give the money in his pocket. 
and eventually they just they just right up shot him and he ended up going to the hospital which sad story then the book goes on the next sentence after tells about that goes but so and so was not a gamer he was in fact a scalper and sold all three of those ps3s on ebay after he got (laughs) out of the hospital (laughs) what a twist of fate that you go from feeling bad for that guy to going Man, I wish he had died. <laughs> yeah, they like they made the guy who got shot the bad guy in the story, not the person doing the shooting. Like, yeah. huh, he deserved it. Yeah, the guy doing the shooting was the hero we deserved. <laughs> and I'm just like cracking up in my car. I'm like driving to work listening to this. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, but that's really all been. Still playing Hogwarts Legacy. I haven't played a lot this week. I've been... um getting caught up on shows one of my favorite shows just started back up so which one survivor ah you know me i'm a reality well we're both reality junkies just different types of reality yeah i i bathe in the slime of trashy reality tv i don't think survivor fits in that trashy way anymore it's more Uh, the stuff i watch is most yeah yours like the bachelor uh did you see that new reality show i think i've been seeing ads for it called farmer needs a wife farmer needs a wife yeah I said, what they say on the commercial is, uh, it's the bachelor meets Yellowstone. <laughs> I'm like, oh, but no, terrible. I watched the first episode of survivor and they called the medical team in four times in the first episode. That's how you know it's going to be a good season. Yeah, I, I can't wait. Uh, yeah. But let's get going on to some Pokemon news because there are a ton of Pokemon news coming out because we just had a Pokemon presents tons. Yes. So. Well, the first bit isn't from the Pokemon Presents. It is that Veronica Taylor is starting a podcast called The Trainer's Pod, where she will be doing a season one rewatch rewatch of the Pokemon anime. Veronica Taylor is the original voice actress of Ash. Yes, she is the original voice actress of Ash. So if you want to hear another side of things, um, I think it's going to be very interesting. I'm going to listen to it, you know, probably hear stories that may not be on the Internet yet. Yeah. I think it'll be super cool to hear, like, her perspective on, like, especially for us, the episodes that we've already watched and gone through, being able to hear, like, the, the, that side of the same episode is going to be super interesting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And she's gonna definitely have a different point of view on things than we do. We do it from more of a comedy satirical point of view. Yeah. She's probably going to be more serious and like, this is what happened. This is what was going on. So I'm excited to listen to it. If you see on Twitter, we joke that they're stealing our idea, but really she's not. It, but, but in reality, it's going to be a lot better than we are. <laughs> so can't wait. She, they haven't given um, a date for the first episode, but when the first episode comes out, we will um, let you guys know. And if you guys want to watch it, but please stay here as well. It is going to be really funny because we spend like 90% of our time on this show making fun of the character that she plays. So, not her voice acting. Her voice acting is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, it's just the, the way her character is written is really stupid. So, so we'll see how, yep. how that turns out. All right. So, let's go on some more Pokemon news. We have the Pokemon Presents came out on Monday. Uh, So the news from the Pokemon Presents is the Pokemon World Championships are going to be in Tokyo this year from August 11th to the 13th. So that is exciting. And I did not know this, but this is the first time they've ever held them in Tokyo. Which is surprising. You think it would have been sooner. Um, 
Last year they were in London, this year they're in Tokyo. You gonna hop on a plane and go back to Tokyo, Joe? Yeah, I can't afford that right now. <laughs> not with two kids. Not with two kids. Not with two kids and a mortgage. Yep. So, I mean, we, we keep saying we're gonna go to Japan when Zoe is 10. Okay, that'll be good. That's a good age. Yeah. And then Kairu will be, what, 13? 16. Is she six years older? She's seven years old. Yeah, she's, she's seven so- right now. Okay. My my concept of time is completely screwed up. <laughs> uh, they also announced that they're coming out with There's No Day Yet for Pokemon Trading Card Game Classic, which is going to be just like the classic cards. Um, it's going to have all the old Pokemon cards and looks like it's going to play without all the new fancy rules they have. Also, pretty sure people are going to buy these and they're going to be hard to find and just going to be expensive. Mm. Sounds about right. Uh, there's a new Netflix show coming out called Pokemon Concierge, which is a new stop motion animation show, as I said, coming to Netflix, and it takes place at a Pokemon resort. <laughs> I haven't seen anything about this other than what you just said. And Pokemon Concierge just makes me think that it's like a Psyduck at a desk in a hotel, just like trying to tell people where to go. <laughs> uh, the, the one Pokemon they did show was a Psyduck, but he was watching oh. walking on a beach. Okay. Well. So we'll we'll see. I... It's interesting if they're doing full, like, 20-minute episodes or if they're just going to be shorts. Shorts, yeah. I, I feel like s- sh- shorts would probably work better, but who knows. But I feel like Netflix really doesn't do shorts. Uh, that's also true. Like, if it was going to be shorts, I figured they'd just release it on their YouTube page, which they've done before. Mm-hmm. With shorter mm-hmm. form series. So we, we will see. We will have more news when they announce more. There's no release date, nothing, just the trailer. You can I find, like, find the I trailer like, online. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. I like uh, stop motion too, so that should be pretty, pretty cool. Uh, next coming up is Zacian is coming to Pokemon Unite. I we, I always forget to say when people are coming to Pokemon Unite. I don't play that game, so if you play it, there's a new character you can play as. Uh, Pokemon Sleep is finally coming summer of 2023. Josh, have you heard of Pokemon Sleep before? Nah, maybe you've mentioned it on here, but I don't remember what it is. I don't remember. It was revealed a couple years ago, and then nothing. So pretty much it <laughs> is... Everyone working on it fell asleep. I guess the jig- <laughs> I guess the Jigglypuff came and sang, and everybody fell asleep for like four years. Uh, so what this is, is that you... Um, you just put your phone near you and it can measure your sleep and it'll tell you what your sleep style is and which Pokemon you relate to on the, based on how you sleep. That's it? That's it. Oh, okay. I mean, it's those sleep apps. It's supposed to be a fun sleep app. I'll try it. You know, a couple years ago, they came out with Pokemon Smile, which was a Pokemon teeth brushing app. Huh. I missed that, I guess. Uh, and along with Pokemon Sleep, you can also get the Pokemon Go Plus Plus. Plus Plus. Yeah, it, stupid name. Because there's already <laughs> a Pokemon Go Plus, so they had to give it another plus. <laughs> uh, it's coming, and it can help you catch Pokemon Pokemon Go. And also, you can put it like under your pillow or something, and it'll help with Pokemon Sleep. Mm. Uh, I, I think you can pre-order the Pokemon Go Plus Plus now for $54.99 kind of pricey yeah get almost a whole game for that yeah uh there's a pokemon scarlet and violet update with two new pokemon announced the first one is walking wake oh i I looked at that four times and for some reason every time i looked at it i read walking wade (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know why. And I was like, that's such an odd name, but Walking Wake actually sounds awesome. Yeah. So you haven't played Pokemon Scarlet or Violet and probably I, won't. I have not, no. Um so Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Scarlet has Pokemon based off of like their paradox Pokemon. So they're Pokemon that look like Pokemon that already exist. But they're supposed to be from the past. And then Pokemon oh. Violet has Pokemon based off of Pokemon that already exist. But they're from the future. Oh. So Walking Wake is based off of Suicune. Okay. The, le- one of the legendary dogs from Gold and Silver. It looks pretty sweet. And Walking Wake sounds honestly pretty terrifying. Yeah, it looks cool. And then they also have Iron Leaves. Which is based... Off the Pokemon Verizion. I don't know much about Verizion. It's after what I know all about Pokemon. <laughs> Iron Leaves looks like a... What do you call the things in uh, Horizon? The big... Oh, Tallnecks. Oh, Tallnecks. I have one right yeah. in front of me. Lego yeah. form. Yeah, it looks like a Tallneck. Yeah, so those are the two new Pokemon that are in now. You can do raids with them. Hmm. Uh, they also announced some Pokemon Scarlet and Violet DLC that is coming. Uh, the DLC all together will come in two parts and all together it is called the hidden treasure of area zero part one comes fall of 2023 and it's called the teal mask. You will visit the land Kitakami as part of a school trip. And then part two is coming winter of 2023 and it is called the indigo disc and you will be an exchange student at blueberry Academy. Blueberry. So I can't wait for those. That'll be fun. I think it's smart that I like that these DLCs give you a different area to go to. Yeah. And like in in a different land, because I always feel like when DLCs like, oh, now you can go to this land. It's like, well, why didn't I go there before? (laughs) Like when it's a whole new area, then it's like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And they're giving a reason why you're visiting. You're part of the school trip or you're being an exchange student. Right. Uh, and then there's two new legendary Pokemon. The first one is called Ogrepon. So that's Ogrepon. I put a picture in there for you, Josh. I yeah, I don't even I don't even know what I'm looking at. Is that like something in front of its face? I think it's like a mask. Uh oh, the teal mask. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. it's so maybe we will probably learn what Ogrepons really looks like eventually. And then we have Terrapagos. Terrapagos? Terrapagos. I know it's a giant. Like Galapagos? That could be, yeah, that probably makes more sense. Terrapagos looks like a giant turtle. I think Terrapagos looks really cool. It looks like a turtle mated with a Dance Dance Revolution, like, like dance pad thing. It does, but if you look at all its different scales on its shell, it has, like, the different elements. Uh, that'd be pretty cool if it could, like, do, like, all the different attacks. I mean, Mew Mew can already do that. Well, this isn't Mew. (laughs) This is a a turtle. Yeah, but we don't know anything about them yet. With, with like, a mullet. It's Um, like a turtle with a mullet. We don't know what type they are or anything. So, we will... We will let you guys know more as we find out more. All right, let's go into our question of the week. Our question of the week last week was, where is your favorite or your first place you have taken a plane flight? 
Uh, Kate Davis said, my first flight was when I was too young to remember, under a year old. My favorite flight was from Frankfurt, Germany to Dresden, Germany. It was a smaller plane and I liked getting to see Europe from a lower altitude. My flight from Boston to Frankfurt, however, got hit by lightning over the Atlantic. And I was not a fan of dropping in free fall for a short time after it was hit. The crew was completely unfazed, but me and my friends were screaming, all the joys of being a teenager on a plane. That sounds terrifying. Yeah, happened to me. Well, we didn't get hit by lightning, but we did free fall for a second, and it was scary. Yep. Uh, Patrick Drawn said, first flight, Disney World in 1996, most memorable, Boston in 2004. Outside of those two, I don't fly anywhere that often. And then Tori Thornton said, from California to Atlanta, back row aisle seat by the bathroom. On my left, butts and crotches at eye level waiting in line for the bathroom. On my right, a couple that was... Very obviously arguing in a foreign language from their mannerisms, she won. You go, girl. (laughs) All right. So let's go into our next segment, Josh. This is your cue. Yeah, you got to say it first. Oh, I have to say it first? I thought I was just going to go straight into it. You say it, and then I do the the thing. Okay. Our next segment is education. Education! Okay, we got this for next time. Yeah, yeah, next time. Uh, She gave us a few bits of information. She said the late 90s, early 2000s, I mostly only saw blimps used for advertising, but there were blimp tours in some places in the U.S., similar to a helicopter or hot air balloon tour above a city. Uh, Well, after this, uh, these two episodes, I don't think I ever want to ride in a blimp. Oh, absolutely not. And then she said, there are animals which evolved to not have eyes. This is kind of going off her conversation about Zubat. I'll look up the name of them. They kind of look like an axolotl. And then she said they are called an ulm. An ulm. Yeah, and it does. It looks like a salamander axolotl without any eyes. Hmm. She shared the pictures and a website about them in our Discord. So if you want to join our Discord and go look at that stuff again... We have tons of great conversations in there. Education! Alright, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Pokemon Snapshot or send us an email at thepokemonsnapshot at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, so look us up there as well. Also, leave us a rating on your listening app if you're choosing so other Pokemon fans just like yourself can find the podcast. Alright, Josh, are we ready to get into the episode? We are so ready. Alright, this week's episode was called Pokeball Peril. Or, as it was known in Japanese, Southern Pokemon in the GS Ball. The English title is significantly better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Japanese title is kind of lame. Southern Pokemon and the GS Ball. Sounds like it's a Harry Potter book. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like somebody needs to see the doctor for their GS Ball. <laughs> it aired on February 11th, 1999 in Japan and on January 15th, 2000 in the United States. All right, Josh, let's get into the episode. Well, before we get into the episode, uh, Jeff, hit us with a recap of the last episode and be sure to use the term ramshackle like the narrator in the episode did. I feel like I'm giving like prompts like I'm in an improv show. <laughs> All right. Last week, Team Ash needed to find a way to get to Valencia Island in the Orange Archipelago. Luckily, Ash won a free blimp ride from a grocery store contest. He better remember to pay those taxes on that prize. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, don't want him going to jail. Uh, after Team Ash gets on the blimp, they realize that it is run by Team Rocket. Team Rocket learned that they do not know how to fly a blimp, and the blimp starts to crash to the ground. The episode ends with the blimp landing, landing in a ramshackle. I don't even know if I used the word correctly. I, you definitely did not use ramshackle correctly there. <laughs> you most definitely did not use ramshackle correctly. Is it a verb? Um, I... I was going to watch to I, see how the narrator used but I thought, you know what, it'll be funnier if I just try to put it in. So a ramshackle is not a, is, is not a place where they keep the rams. <laughs> it's not a, sh- well, a shack. Well, it's like a crash. The, it's, not a, it's not a shack where they, where they keep That's the rams. That's not how I meant to put it. Like landing in a ramshackle, you land them in a crash. Well, I can't even think of how it's correctly used now. Because all concept of the English language has gone out the window since you used it as a, as you used it as a noun. Ramshackle. A shack where they keep In the a rams. state of severe disrepair. So I think I used that word correctly. No, you didn't. No, it's not a, it's not a noun. It's, uh, like, it's an adjective. It describes the, the state. Oh, it, it is an adjective. Oh, like a ramshackle cottage. Yes. Well, this is a descriptive word. Fixed it. <laughs> In a... <laughs> you, there can't, you, go. you can't see it. I, I added the word crash at the end of my sentence. So the episode ends with a blimp landing in a ramshackle crash. I still don't think it's correct, but it, it's okay. We're going <laughs> to we're going to move on. Um, So one as the episode begins, just one second into the episode and Ash is already complaining about the heat on Valencia Island. Um, he's clearly never been to Alabama in the middle of August. Yeah. It, I mean, I haven't been to Alabama, but I remember living in Kansas. It got hot in the summer, but it wasn't, it, it was a dry heat. Yeah. It is not humid in Alabama. It's like 95 with like a hundred percent humidity. Yeah, it gets it can get like that in Michigan too. And let's be honest, before I lived in Kansas, when people said, "Oh, it's a dry heat," I never thought like, "Oh, that doesn't matter. Hot is hot." Until I lived in a dry heat and realized, yeah. no, dry heat's way better. Yeah, dry heat is significantly better. Because in Alabama, Michigan, where we're from, seventy degrees can still be miserable. Sticky. Ugh. It makes me want to throw up. Well, and while he's complaining that it's hot, let's also make a note that he is complaining about the heat when they just almost died in a blimp crash. <laughs> yeah, never never mind that we just fell out of the sky and nearly died. Let's worry about the sun. Um, nobody knows where they're going, but they find a Pokemon Center and another no- Nurse Joy. Brock fawns over her, and Misty suggests he take a cold shower. Um... Nurse Joy gives them in, uh, directions to Professor Ivy's place. Uh, I do want to say, Brock finally answered the question we have been asking a few episodes. He said he wanted to see if there are any Nurse Joys on the island. So, remember when we were asking? It was mainly with the Officer Jenny's at mm-hmm. the Pokemon League. So, you do just add an S, which is kind mm-hmm. of rude if you think about it. Come on, Brock. They're each their own individual person. <laughs> Um, doesn't he go into how she's related to, or she goes into how she's related to the other Nurse Joys? Yeah, I can't ever keep that straight. No. Like the third cousin of the one in Saffron City or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Well, I can say the only thing that they have in common is that they don't want anything to do with Brock. Nothing at all. Um, 
They go to Professor Ivy's place, and three identical girls uh, come up from a trap door and say they'll take them to her. As they're walking by the water, a Gyarados emerges uh, from the water, and everyone freaks out, but it turns out that's just Professor Ivy's Pokemon. Ash says he wishes he could train Charizard like she's trained Gyarados, and Brock says, I wish she'd train me. To be fair, she was kind of skimpily dressed for a Pokemon professor. She was. Yeah, like, she was wearing a one-piece, but, like, when the camera pans over her, it definitely stops a bit on her chest area. Yeah, it was a little weird. Um, And those three girls that are with her, are we even sure they're human? Like, they talk in robotic voices. And they look exactly the same. I think they're androids. Mm-hmm. I would, I would agree with that. Professor Ivy leaps out of the water, and one of her assistants tosses her a lab coat, which she puts on in midair over her bathing suit. The one that's just a little bit too revealing for a kid's cartoon. If it was a regular anime, it wouldn't be that out of place, but it was a little weird for for <laughs> Tuesday afternoon. The after-school Car- special. The after- <laughs> Literally. <laughs> the after-school special. Uh, she takes them to the Pokeball, which is a weird golden pokeball with a gs inscribed on it um she says that they've had no luck transferring it through the transfer system or open opening it uh she says professor oak is the only one who can figure this out uh they also had to get some free advertising in here because brock rattle says man the ball's just gold and silver uh that's pretty funny so would that have been coming out at the, at the yep. time uh, okay. yeah it, it's it's the advertising um, I don't want any spoilers, Josh, but the moment they reveal what this GS ball is all about, I feel like we're going to get a Josh rant. Are we? It, it uh, is one of the biggest letdowns of the entire anime. Okay, I can't wait. They build it up so much and then... How many episodes do we have to go before I get to do this rant? I don't think it's until the middle of season three, so... What? Oh, But remember, Lord. the seasons are a little shorter than the first season. Well, the first season was 82 episodes, and this one's like 50-something, so it's not that much shorter. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll get there, hopefully, eventually. Okay, Um, I I can't wait. I I, won't look it up, I promise. Okay, I do like that they give them a reason why it can't be transferred. I just don't understand why Professor Oak doesn't just go himself to retrieve it if it's so (laughs) important. Or just, like, tie it to, like, a Pidgey's foot talon and have it fly it over here or something yeah anything's more anything's better than sending it with ash (laughs) literally he could even use it as an excuse for him and ash's mom to take a vacation to a tropical island well as we're about to see i'm pretty sure the reason he doesn't go is because ash's mom doesn't allow him to go i think i can feel (laughs) some unspoken tension between uh and this little love triangle between professor oak ash's mom and professor ivy has to be it. Um, Ash video calls Professor Oak, who has a Magikarp hooked up to some wires, uh, and is likely performing some sort of unethical experiments on it. Professor Oak and Professor Ivy do some nerdy science flirting uh, before Ash cuts in and hurries them up. I'm going to guess Professor Oak has, has to have caller ID, because the phone starts ringing, he looks very disappointed. Oh yeah, it's like, uh, this is Ash. Yeah, he probably realizes Ash is calling him. Ash also says they named the ball the GS ball, and he obviously thinks that's a stupid name. And then Professor Ivy says something like, oh, I helped them name it, and then he gets all excited about it. Yeah. And pretends he's interested. There's definitely something going on here. 
Um, he's also seen Professor Ivy in her bathing suit. <laughs> if that. Uh, <laughs> um, the magic cart hooked up to the wires makes some creepy sounding noises as it says its own name. And Jeff, I'm gonna need a sample of that sound here. It transitions to Meowth, who is crying over the broken blimp that will surely cause Giovanni to hate them again. Jesse whacks uh, Meowth and James on the head with a wrench and says that they're going to fix it. James says he doesn't know the first thing about work, but she reminds them that uh, Team Ash has to make a round trip, so they're going to get a second chance to grab that Pikachu. Do they actually think Team Ash will want to get back on a blimp after they just died? Or about died? Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure they're also well aware of how stupid Team Ash is. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, Team Ash is walking through the forest. They find a a vile plume, and it looks different from the ones in Ash's Pokedex, as do all the other Pokemon they see. Professor Ivy explains it's because of the island's different climate. She's studying how environmental changes affect Pokemon, and Brock is absolutely smitten like a kitten. <laughs> or if you want to go Pokemon speaks, smitten like a litten. That's a Pokemon. <laughs> smitten like a litten. Uh, it's cool that they are mentioning these regional differences. You know, something that wouldn't be part of the games until Pokemon Sun and Moon 17 years later. Very cool. Um... In the forest, they find a sick Butterfree, but for some reason, none of their solutions uh, to get it to eat have worked. Brock smells the food that they're giving it, and then grabs a piece and tastes it. Uh, he runs off to gr- and then he runs off to grab some things from the forest. He explains that Pokemon don't want to eat anything that tastes bad to them, even if they're nutritious. It's kind of like Jeff with vegetables. Yep, I don't eat things just because they're healthy. <laughs> uh, give me vegetables, but smother them in butter and garlic. Yeah. Uh, also, is it just me, or does Professor Ivy sound bored during this whole conversation? I thought she sounded bored, like, I thought she sounds bored the entire episode. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I mean. She she just sounds bored, and I don't know if maybe the voice actress is like, I just didn't want to do this. Uh, she was probably just hoping they would take the ball and leave, and now she has to entertain these kids for a day. Uh, they, these androids? No, no. Well, not the androids. The Team Ash is the kid. Oh, 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 the, oh yeah. yeah. It looks like the androids work with her. She's like, no one told me I was going to have to do some babysitting. <laughs> Professor Ivy is embarrassed that she never thought um, that that Pokemon like food that tastes good. Uh, and the triplets fawn over Brock. They say that someone has to make dinner and Brock has some really weird reaction to this. I like how they're all scientists, but food tasting good is a revelation to them. Well, after Who's That Pokemon, we're going to find out why. <laughs> and speaking of Who's That Pokemon, our Who's That Pokemon segment is going right here. Who's That Pokemon? All right, our Who's That Pokemon for this week. Again, no big Pokemon of the week, so we are going to go with Weepin' Bell, mm. whose name in Japanese is called Utsodon. Sounds like a dinosaur. Utsodon. The Utsodon. Some basic information for Weeping Bell. It's number one. It's number 70 in the Pokedex. It is a grass and poison type. Its height is three foot three inches. It weighs 14.1 pounds. And its category is the Flycatcher Pokemon. 
and it evolves into Victory Bell with a Leaf Stone. And something I noticed, because when I made this, there was only a triple, Pokemon only went to triple digit, so it says 070 for its number. Now when you go to like Bulbapedia, it would be 0070, because we made it to the thousands. Interesting. Uh, Weep some origins about Weeping Bell. Its name. Weeping Bell may be a combination of weeping and bell, referring to its bell-like shape. A weeping plant is one that droops. Its Japanese name, Utsodon, is derived from Utsobokazura, which, which means pitcher plant. Hmm. Uh, and what is it based off of? Weeping Bell may be based on carnivorous pitcher plants. Um, some biology on Weeping Bell. Weeping Bell is a pitcher plant Pokemon with yellow bell-shaped body. Above Weeping Bell's circular eyes are three small green spots and a small brown hook-shaped stem. It has wide gaping mouth with pink lips. On each side of its body is a large green leaf. Weeping Bell camouflages itself as a plant in the forest while awaiting an unwary victim. When its prey draws near, it sprays poison powder to immobilize the target before melting it with its internal acids. Wow. It oozes a neutralizing fluid that prevents these internal acids from melting its own body. It will also slice its prey too large to consume into pieces with its razor-sharp leaves. Weeping Bell lives in temperate forests and jungles where it hangs from tree branches by its stem to sleep. If it moves around during sleep, Weeping Bell may slip and awaken to find itself on the ground. Don't worry, Josh does that in his bed. Yes, I do. <laughs> Dude, it melts its prey with internal acids. Yeah. That's almost, that's po- probably more terrifying than a be- well maybe not more terrifying than a beedrill but like imagine you're running through the forest from a beedrill and then you see see some like big bell shaped plants and you're like oh finally I can hide under one of these to get away from the beedrill and then it just sprays <laughs> you with its internal acids and you look like the the Nazis that opened the Ark of the Covenant yeah again Pokemon freaky. All right, let's get into some Pokedex entries. Uh, Pokemon Red and Blue says it spits out poison powder to immobilize the enemy and then finish it with a spray of acid. Uh, Pokemon Yellow says when hungry, it swallows anything that moves. Its hapless prey is melted inside by strong acids. (laughs) Uh, Pokemon Gold says even though it is filled with acid, it does not melt because it also oozes a neutralizing fluid. They really want us to know that you will get melted if you come into contact with the Weeping Bell. But I like that they say explain how they don't get melted. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, Pokemon Silver says if its prey is bigger than its mouth, it slices up the victim with sharp leaves, then eats every morsel. Also terrifying. <laughs> Dyson slice. <laughs> Poor that Rattata didn't even know what was coming. Nope. Uh, Pokemon Crystal says when it's hungry, it swings its razor sharp leaves, slicing up any unlucky object nearby for food. And then Ruby and Sapphire says Weeping Bell has a large hook on its rear end. At night, the Pokemon hooks onto a tree branch and goes to sleep. If it moves around in its sleep, it may awake to find itself on the ground. It's strange. That's exactly how I sleep, too. (laughs) With the hook on your rear end? Yeah. (laughs) And that is our Who's That Pokemon segment on Weeping Bell. Who's That Pokemon? Back in the episode... Uh, they go to uh, Professor Ivy's kitchen, and it is an absolute wreck. It looks like my kitchen, like, so I do the dishes, but then I'm too lazy to, like, take the clean dishes out of the dishwasher, <laughs> so I leave them in there for, like, a week, and then all the dishes in the sink pile up, so I need to do those dishes next, but when I go to take the 
clean dishes out of the thing. They've been sitting in water for like a week, and now they have like a stench. So then I have to run. So then I have to run the whole uh, dishwasher again to clean the already clean dishes that are now funky again from the old water. It's a never-ending cycle. That's why you need to get our dishwasher dries the dishes. No, no, mine dry the dishes too. But if you leave them in there, then they just like the water like down in the bottom. Like just starts to get funky and it makes all the dishes smell funky. What no? What I need to get is a I maid. need to adopt. No, I need to. I don't really want to have children, so I'll just adopt children who are like ten years old and then make them do the dishes. Okay. Uh, a funny story about our dishwasher is when we first moved to this new house, I was getting on. I go, why do you keep just leaving the dishwasher open? I found out that it opens itself when it's done washing, so we can drive uh... it. <laughs> you were you were complaining to Jesse when it was the dishwasher the whole time. Yep. Uh, Professor Ivy says that they got so into their research, but they're like, I left out words. There are like forty typos in that sentence there too. They got so into their research uh, that they stopped cleaning. Brock is apparently a neat freak and begins cooking and cleaning. Uh, he may be a sexual deviant, but at least he's domesticated. Everyone uh, begins noisily eating their food. I will say, I wish I was as into cleaning as much as Brock is. See, I do all the I do all the cleaning here, so I'm like, I kind of get where he's coming from, but I'm I'm also lazy, so it's like it has to get really bad before I'm like, all right, time to do, time to do all the cleaning. That's kind of how our house is. We had company over this weekend, so we like so last weekend we cleaned it. But the problem is, we cleaned it last weekend when you have three dogs and two kids. Yeah. He can't tell. Well, our uh, Layla, uh, dog that I had to put down about a month ago, um, she was the only one that really shed. Oh, um, that's nice. And it was, <laughs> and and it was like the worst I've ever seen any dog ever shed. So it was like if we didn't vacuum like every other day or so, it would look like it snowed in our house. There would just be white fur ever, literally everywhere. It was awful. That's like the only silver lining of having to put her down is like now we only have to vacuum like once a week maybe. Um, everyone uh, at that night, everyone is asleep except for uh, Professor Ivy and her assistants who are observing some vile plume doing something with their pollen. Uh, Brock shows up to bring them a midnight snack because he thinks that Professor Ivy looks like a midnight snack. I bet you, and I bet you he wants to spread some of his pollen around too. Oh, God. <laughs> he absolutely does. Uh, eradicate. <laughs> that was a good one, Jeff. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I, I've been up at 6 a.m. I had to bring my aunt to the train this morning. I'm tired, mm. and this I was so proud of myself when I wrote that one. I, I'm very proud of you too. Yeah, I I did my part of the script at like one this morning, so we're we're on the same wavelength. Uh, Eradicate runs out uh, and gets caught in the pollen storm. Not the kind, not the kind of storm you want to get caught in. <laughs> but not Brock's uh, pollen. The vile plume's yeah, pollen. Thank thank God, not Brock's pollen storm. Uh, so Professor Oak goes out to save it, and she also collapses. And this is why not you Professor get Oak, Alec. Professor Ivy. Did I say Professor you Oak? Said Sorry, Professor this Oak. is okay. My bad. I'm so used to Professor Oak. Professor Ivy goes out to save it and collapses. Uh, and this is why you get allergy shots, people. I have to go every other week and get them. And I can breathe so much better. 
Uh, Brock runs out to save them uh, both. Both Professor Ivy and Raticate are placed in the hospital beds. And, like, honestly, why would you not just let the giant rat die? Yeah, you think as a scientist you wouldn't want to ruin the natural order of things. Yeah. Just, you know, just let it go. Also, they must not have actual hospitals on this island because then they put her and Raticate in hospital beds <laughs> right next to each other. Yeah, that was pretty funny to me, too. Uh, Nurse Joy says, everyone's going to be fine, and I'm pretty sure Brock is in love. And Brock doesn't know who to be in love with. Is he in love with Professor Ivy? Is he in love with Nurse Joy? Is he in love with Misty? Is he in love with himself? Is he in love with the vile plume? <laughs> Nobody knows. Find out next week on Brock's big adventure. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, the next morning, Ash and Misty are ready to leave. But Brock is on the roof fixing a leak. Uh, they, one, one of the assistants or Professor Ivy, I'm not sure, is like, I guess Brock is staying. Uh, and Brock says he thinks that they need him more than Ash and Misty do. And then they say goodbye, but I don't know. It's, it seemed kind of sudden. There was like no big buildup. They didn't really try to play it as like an emotional moment where like Brock is like leaving them after, you know, all like a year or how, well weeks and weeks with them and honestly at this point i just feel bad for misty that she has to deal with ash on her own <laughs> uh yeah and professor ivy doesn't seem all that interested to keep them with him no definitely not uh she's like uh so real quickly uh i just what is your reason you think for them leaving brock behind do you uh, think they just wanted to get rid of a character i i mean yeah i would assume that they were just going to bring in someone new. I really have no idea. I mean, I at this point, I don't even question half the things that they do on the show because I'm like, <laughs> these make sense to me. Uh, so I have a quote here from the head writer for Pokemon anime back when this episode was around, uh, Takeshi Shudo, about why they left Brock in Valencia Island. And so how it goes, is he said, and then another issue came up. We got word that the show's upper management wanted to remove Takeshi, which is Brock in Japanese, uh, as a regular member of the cast. The reason they gave was because of the shape of Takeshi's eyes. Almond-shaped eyes make people aware that he's an Asian, and an anime where Asians appear can't be successful in the West, so make it so he... So it, he doesn't appear, they said. But I wouldn't say this was racism or anything like that. I just think the idea that Westerners would, wouldn't would accept Asian-looking characters would be old-fashioned. I don't know who ordered it, but I remember thinking the whole thing was stupid. Later, upper management noticed that Takeshi was surprisingly popular in the West, and so they allowed him to be brought back. I mean, I agree. The whole thing is stupid. Yeah. They, the the show had been on for 80-something episodes at that point. Yeah, that's... And it was, like, the biggest thing in the United States for fourth grade. Yeah, like, and what? if people were going to complain, they would have already complained about it. Yeah. And I do want to say thank you to the website Dogasu's Backpack for the translation of this interview. That's, that seems so strange to me. At no point in my childhood or through now have I even thought about the shape of Brock's eyes. No, I, I think I just his eyes were always closed. You didn't yeah. really think like, oh, he looks more Asian than Ash or Misty. Seems strange. Yeah. And and at that point, wouldn't they know that it was already super popular in the United States? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I would have I would have I would have I would have thought it was all the sexual harassment that they left him behind. Well, hold on. Let's so this episode aired in Japan 
on February 11, 1999. So it's only been going for six months at that time. Okay. So, and I think this was in the middle of their big break after the Porygon incident. Okay. In the United States. So, you know, and then by the time the Orange Island was done is when, so maybe that's, so they probably were still in the middle of writing these and stuff. And then realized, oh, he's actually popular. Let's bring him back. Which is funny because between Brock is actually one of the longest tenured people that stay with Ash. Hmm. He will be all the way there, I believe, through the Diamond and Pearl series. Ah, so Brock got Brock got canceled before canceling was even yeah. a thing. And then he got uncanceled. Which doesn't happen very often. He's like James Gunn. <laughs> Before James Gunn was James Gunn. Uh, they talk about how weird it'll be without Brock. Uh, but they have no idea. But they also have no idea how they'll get back since the last blimp trip was a bust. Uh, or as Jeff would say, the last blimp <laughs> blimp trip ended in a ramshackle. Yes, they ran over a bunch of rams in a shack. <laughs> uh, Ash says the flight was bad because they didn't show a movie, which I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, they get back to the airfield and find a newly constructed blimp. Except, to be fair, this this one I think is technically an airship and not a blimp. It, uh, it looked better. Yeah, Team Rocket is nothing if not resourceful, I'll say that. Uh, they're in disguises, of course, and as always, no one recognizes them. Uh, they rush Ash... Uh, Ash I almost said Ashty. <laughs> that's, that's their celebrity couple. I was going to say, is that their shipping name? Yeah. Ashty. Ash and Misty, uh, they rush Ash and Misty onto the blimp. Uh, they start the engine, and Jigglypuff shows up, and now I hate this episode. <laughs> One thing I liked about this scene is they ask if the blimp is safe, and James goes, It's safe enough, kid. What do you want to do? Live forever? <laughs> uh, excellent. Uh, Team Rocket reveals themselves, and, and they capture Ash and Misty in a cage. They notice that Brock is gone and think that this means Ash and Misty are together on a date. Ashty. Hashtag Ashty. Uh. Nashty with Ashty. <laughs> uh, Ash tries to have Pikachu electrify them, but can't because the blimp will blow up. Uh, so, and it's weird because James calls them romantic creatures. And of course they blush and go, ew, no. Uh, <laughs> in the Japanese version, I like what he says. He mentions that they finally dumped the other guy and decided to elope. <laughs> they were tired of the menage a trois. Uh, Jigglypuff shows up and sings and everyone falls asleep. I, I really, really hate when they do this. I really, really hate when Jigglypuff shows up out of nowhere and just puts people to sleep. How much longer do we have to deal with this? I mean, it's a recurring character, but the farther we go out, the less Jigglypuff shows up. Okay, good. Well, I just hate that it's like at random times. It's like Jigglypuff had nothing to do with the episode until right here. Uh, Team Rocket hurriedly puts on parachutes before they fall asleep, and the airship door opens, and they all fly out of it along with Jigglypuff. They... They slowly fall to the ocean, asleep but unharmed. Uh, at the end of the episode, Ash and Misty are asleep on the airship while it drifts off to nowhere. And that's, and the, that's end. the end of the episode. Yep, that's the end. All right. So, what are your thoughts on this episode? I liked it up until Jigglypuff showed up. 
Yeah, I, I thought it was a good episode too. And I mentioned this last week. I feel like just giving that extra two minutes and not having to put that thing at the end. Yeah. I feel like it's giving them a little bit to, sl- to slow down a little bit when they're writing these. Yeah. Yep, a little bit more to work with. Like two minutes doesn't seem a lot, but that's what, 10% of the episode? Yep. Or something? Yeah, 20 minutes, 2%. Yeah, that'd be 10% yeah. of the episode. 10% of the episode, yeah. So it's and making the episode like 10% longer. Yeah. So No, I agree. I'm a, I'm a fan of the, the longer run times. Yeah, and I thought it was a good way. It's As you said, it's weird that we just kind of drop Brock off. And they're like, yep, bye. Like, it's not even sad. It's like, yeah, you know, we know so, he'll return because, you know, this show is 25 years old. But yeah. at the time, you didn't know if he was returning. No, nah, it's like, later, bro. It's kind of like the Pidgeot. He just gets just left. Whatever. We don't need anything special with you. Did they think that the bird couldn't be popular in the West? <laughs> These Westerners don't like birds. They don't like They just birds. shoot them. <laughs> which i mean to be fair uh so let's go into our question of the week and our question of the week is have you ever been to a tropical destination yes i've been to the dominican republic that's where i went on my honeymoon and that was fun i've been to antigua and that was also really fun that was my one year anniversary and i've been to the bahamas when i was like 20 years old and that was also fun cool i've only been like once but in 2019 jesse and i we went to cancun nice was it a cruise or did you just go to cancun uh it was a resort nice so we say yeah. all all inclusive yes dude all inclusive resorts are like the greatest thing ever yeah it, it was great uh i want to i think we're talking about our 10th anniversary going on a mm-hmm. cruise because jesse doesn't like cruises Y'all are coming up on it in a couple years, right? I know. March March 14th, 2025 is 10 years. Yep. So we are looking at doing a cruise because, as I said, Jesse doesn't like cruise, but but I found one that somewhat interested her. Uh, is it a Disney cruise? No, she won't do a Disney cruise. Really? No. Yeah, even Disney cruise. She, she says, I don't like being stuck on the water. And COVID, with those people stuck on those boats during COVID, have not helped her. That freaked her out. Yeah. yeah. Fair but I found one. It's called B3 at Sea, and the B3 is beaches, board games, and booze. Ooh. So Three the, great things. Yeah, so they have just a ton of board games, people playing board games, and then they still do all the destinations. and You get free drinks. Uh, you had to pay extra for the free drinks, but you can uh, still... Oh, what? Yeah. What's... But it, it wasn't too bad. It was like $800 a ticket. Uh, yeah. Chip, uh, cruises are, like, remarkably cheap compared to some other vacations. Yeah, not a Disney cruise. Ah, uh, well, no, probably not a Disney cruise. But yeah, I was looking at them, and I want to go, and then my parents want to go on an Alaskan cruise, but Jesse said, then I go, fine, invite me, you can stay home. And she said that was okay, so. My my grandmother has been on a couple of Alaskan cruises and says it's absolutely gorgeous up there. Yeah, here's a, let's be honest, even if going on an Alaskan cruise, I'll be like, oh, that's cool for the destination, but I'm just here for the cruise ship life. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, but if you want to tell us any tropical destinations you've been to, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Pokemon Snapshot, or you can send us an email at thepokemonsnapshot at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, so look us up there as well. Also, leave us a rating on your listening app of your choosing so other Pokemon fans just like yourself can find the podcast. All right, Josh, do you have anything else to add? I don't think so. 
All right, so please join us next time when we will be watching The Lost Lapras.